skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pro's covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair. So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash justbreakup. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash justbreakup for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who is struggling to make friends. But mm. before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. Mm -mm. We are not professionals. We are not trained in this. So please take our advice as you see fit. We're only here to offer our ever humble musings. So hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding, but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right, let's dive into Today's letter, it is from A.W., whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing to us from The Void. Hi, Sam and Sierra. First off, I want to say I found your podcast a couple of years ago, and it has gotten me through some really confusing and lonely moments of my life. So for that, I love and appreciate you. To preface, I'm a 24-year-old. I'm a second-year medical student, and I currently go to school over 1,200 miles from my hometown. I'm happily married to my amazing partner, he, him, who supports me in everything I do. We also have two adorable pet bunnies. Anyways, on to my letter. I feel like I suck at making friendships. Oh. At least quality, long-lasting ones, anyway. Maybe I just 
pick people that aren't a good fit, or I think they're more into our friendship than they actually are. Genuinely, I don't know. I know I am fun to be around and I hang out with people and have a good time, but then am still excluded from other things and am not anyone's first choice. I have a few close friends from undergrad, but we all live thousands of miles apart. Don't get me wrong. I do love my long distance besties, but I would love to go through med school having at least one close friend. You know, I mostly feel like I rely on my partner for support. And even though he would, he wouldn't, even though he wouldn't ever agree, I don't really feel like it's fair to rely solely on him to be my support system. I would also It would also be so nice to have a friend at school that is in the same situation as me. I know some of my struggles come from a previous friendship of like 12 plus years that, long story short, I gave my all and then some to show her love and support. But when I shared my struggles and asked for the support I needed, I was basically ghosted and now maybe get one text a year. I Mm. recognize that relationships have times and purposes in our lives and not everyone is meant to be in our lives forever. But now that internal conflict of am I giving too much of myself or am I just being a caring friend? Am I setting boundaries and asking for what I need or are they going to bail afterwards seeps into all of my new friendships. I feel like everyone else has their friend group and the people that are always together at events. And I'm like the floater that knows everyone but isn't close with anyone. I feel like I could stop showing up to the events and no one would really notice. I get feelings Mm -hmm. of unworthiness when I see my quote friends post on their social media, fuck social media, ugh, Mm. that they're all together and that I didn't get invited and can't help but question why I am not good enough for them to want me to be there too. Thank you for reading this. I truly appreciate all the time and love you put into this podcast. Love, diagnosis, lonely. (laughs) Cute. Oh, my darling. (laughs) Oh, thank you for, for writing in. Um, and I'm so sorry that you're feeling so lonely and that it feels like everyone is kind of hanging out without you. You know, that, that idea that you're not anyone's first choice is such a, a, a little pang in the heart. Um, and I appreciate that you reached out to us and that you're asking for some love from, um, from the other side of the country. So thank you Mm -hmm. so much for trusting us with this letter. We're going to get into some thoughts, some musings, some advice about how to make friends as an adult, even though it's really hard and it sucks in a lot of ways. Uh, But first, we're going to take a quick break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering 
partnering directly with Top Factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, my darling. Thank you so much for writing this letter and for trusting us with it. I... I really wanted to answer it just for the opportunity to say yet again that making friends is hard. And I know this is not the first time we've had it said it on a show and I know it's not the you know the most profound thought or whatnot, but I think we're really taught by popular media and um our culture that friendship is organic and it's easy and that if it's hard for you you are the abnormal one mm. or you are somebody who is unworthy of friendships and i think it i think it's more true on the other side of things right i think more of us the the, the larger percentage of us have a hard time making new friends and I know that in the past I've said that it is easier when you're younger, when you're in school or when you're, you have like forced, you know, time together. But I also think that's a, that's a lie of our youth and of proximity. Um, It can be easier to make friends with people like when, I don't know, you're, you're forced to live with them on a campus or Mm -hmm. you're in, I don't know, a sorority or some 
group or whatever, um, where you have this encouraged time spent together. But I, but I also just want to recognize that it's hard to make friends at all different times of your life because we are juggling so much. We have different schedules, different needs, different um, social habits, different communication styles, barriers, financial barriers, not being able to go out. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, maybe you're sober, so you don't get drunk, so you don't participate in those sort of like I don't know youthful bonding experiences. For sure. Um, I, I've been thinking about this a lot as I, you know, am in my later thirties now and still struggling (laughs) with feeling like I am not the best at friendships and that I don't have the friend that I, I still covet and, and I'm jealous of other people's friend groups and the security that they found in them. I used to think that it was easier when we were younger. And while it was, you know, those weren't necessarily the safest friendships. You know, I think if I was like more, I think when I was younger, if I was like more conscious of what was going on, if I was like more in my body and in my mind, instead of constantly disassociating, those friendships would have felt really hard to me. And they, they probably did at the time. This is all to say, let's yet again, dispel the myth that friendships are easy and are are meant to be intuitive or organic. Yeah. And I think um, one of the things that can be really hard as we're thinking about friendships too, is that like, like Sierra said, like people are sort of coming into these situations with like different preferences or around like what we can and can't do, how we want to hang out, but also that we're like coming into these situations with past relationships too. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, you know, there may be an idea that like, oh, we're all coming to school. We're all going to med school. So we'll all have like blank slates and we'll be able to just like make friends with everyone because we'll all be in it together. But also like there's a bunch of other reasons why folks aren't necessarily looking for friendships or or why friendships may appear stronger with other people than with mm-hmm. us because of like past history or whatever it is, right? Like it might be that, you know, the folks in your program or the folks that go to the university that you go to have friends already at that university, right? Or come from the same place or whatever it might be, where it's kind of like trying to break into different friend groups can also be really challenging too. Yes. And we often look at it as being like, wow, why can't I do this? When it's like, well, yeah, of course, because you don't have the years of of built up friendship that makes it easier for you to be in partnership with people. Um, and like, you know, as somebody who has broken into friend groups, as somebody who has friend groups that may or may not be hard to break into as well. Like I really know firsthand that it is challenging, not necessarily just because like people are different, but also because like the dynamics of people's friendships Mm -hmm. are all different as well. And And it can be really hard to like try to insert yourself in something that already feels pretty like fully baked. That's so true. Also, I, I read a parenting, this is all just musing, by the way, we will get to some advice or maybe we won't. Um, (laughs) We will see. Yeah. (laughs) No promises. I know that this is an advice podcast, but like, (laughs) has it ever been? (laughs) I read a article recently about how, it was about parenting and how, you know, our current mode of parenting in the U.S. Um, is is a very particularly unique 
mode of parenting that's specific to Western culture and specific to this time in history. Like it is not reflected in time or in cultures across the world, even present day. And that is a family that is so incredibly isolated and nuclear and, um, and disconnected from neighbors, elders, you know, extended family, friends. Um, and I feel like that's reflected in so many things in our, in our American culture right now, just this chronic disconnect between us and this sort of Americana ideal that you have to make it on your own and that you're, that you're not supposed to like rely on other people or want other you know, support systems in your life, um, just sort of like muscle through this really hard experience that is living. And mm-hmm. I, I feel that ripple through my life now. I've never wanted more to be connected to people, to be seen and witnessed and supported by other people. And yet I rarely leave my house, right? <laughs> um, and yet I, I don't know my neighbor's names, you know? Um, we really have lost the whole, like, it takes a village. Uh, I think I brought this quote up a couple months ago on an episode. I, I saw it on Twitter somewhere, so forgive me, I don't remember the name, but somebody said, we're not a village anymore, we're just a crowd. And mm-hmm. we, we, it's just so true. Um, so I, I offer this, I guess it's not any advice, but maybe a slight perspective so that you can look more gently on this, on this pain in you. This is not a um, signifier to me that you are not worthy of friendships. This is not a signifier that you are not cool enough. This is a product of our culture that isolates us that tells us we have to do things on our own, that shames us for sharing vulnerability, and that that literally categorizes us into, into social categories, right? That we feel like we can't cross these lines. Um, this is a product of the times is all I'm trying to say. And mm-hmm. I don't mean um, to say that we are so di- disconnected in like an absolve everything sort of hippie, Uh, let's just believe in peace sort of way. And also we are so disconnected from one another that it makes us forget each other's humanity. Um, And that is definitely another reason why it's hard to make friends when we are not accustomed, like we, the the people you are trying to befriend, when we are not accustomed to like opening our our hearts to other people or inviting other people to sit with us or opening Mm -hmm. our doors to strangers, you know? And I think that one of the things that sort of struck me about your letter was that it seems like there's this fear that like you're going to give and give and give and get nothing in return. And I, I want to um, sort of push back on the idea that like friendships are inherently reciprocal in that way. Right. And I don't want you to like burn yourself out by, by giving too much. Right. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I don't want you to like self-sacrifice in, in your friendships, but I also want to just say like that the fact that you're putting more time and attention into the friendships that you are cultivating with your, uh, with your medical school friends doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing something wrong, right? And the fact that they are still hanging out without you or not inviting you to that thing doesn't mean that you're forgotten or that like your efforts have been in vain or that you're somehow like sacrificing yourself. Like 
sometimes trying to build intentional friendships with folks means that we got to put ourselves out there mm. more than other people are putting themselves out there for us, especially if How we're trying dare to you like say that, <laughs> <laughs> especially if we're trying to like break into groups of friends or we're trying to build where there may already be established relationships. And I, and I'm literally just thinking about this because after college, this is something that I had to do where I was like, people weren't inviting me to things, but I was like, I want to get in with these people. So I'm going to figure out how I can be with them as much time as possible. And it mm -hmm. was totally one-sided. Like to be clear, mm. these, these people are now my friends and I like really love them and they are very kind me, and generous. <laughs> yeah. But it was a lot of me being like, Oh God, they're, they're at that party without me. I was not invited to this party, but not because I wasn't invited, but because like, I'm not yet as part of the established pattern. So what mm, I had to really think about was like, sure. absolutely. It was like, how do I get myself as part of this pattern? And part of it is by showing up. Part of it is about when I see them and they mention that they're doing a thing saying like, oh, cool. That's really interesting. I love that movie too. Would you want to go see that with me? Right? Like it is about really awkwardly <laughs> in some ways or like what feels really awkward, mm -hmm. putting yourself out there, being kind of like, and, and, you know, like our high school brains might like react to this and be like, Oh my God, so pathetic. They like, want, it's like, they're oh God, so totally. desperate. And totally. it's like, no, I'm actually acknowledging the fact that building friendships takes work. It takes time. Not everyone is thinking about it or necessarily good at it, but it's also something that I want. It's something that I'm like working on and it's not pathetic. It's not desperate to keep putting yeah. yourself out there with people and say like, let, and to try and build relationship with people because it's not just going to click ever, right? Um, like it may have in high school because of like the weird ways our brains are socialized and like the weird chemicals that are putting in like the, the, the desire for like social standing when we're young, but like, mm -hmm. that's not how adult friendships work because our brains aren't wired the same way that they were. So we need a different set of rules, which often involves like, let's keep hanging out, <laughs> right? Like, yes. let's keep trying this. I will keep showing up. I will keep asking you to do this thing. Um, and like, there's nothing sad or pathetic or weird about that, even though that's what it may feel like or sound like to us. And if other people are listening to me say this and saying like, that sounds pathetic. <laughs> great. I don't want to be your friend. Like, <laughs> like yeah. honestly, like, yeah. I don't want to be friends. Like if people don't want to be friends because I'm asking to hang out with them and then like, cool, like, great. Let's not, <laughs> let's not be friends. That doesn't sound super fun. Yeah. And I have to remind myself that new friendship always feels awkward. Right. And mm -hmm. that you, you can't, I always like, I feel like I am too judgmental on first hangouts or like, or I'm, or I'm too sensitive on rejections of like, oh, they didn't invite me to this, you know? And, and I don't mean any of those things cruelly in either direction. I'm not like, oh God, they sucked or whatever. <laughs> and I'm not thinking, oh, uh, they didn't invite me. My heart, you know, they hate me, but it falls somewhere in between. Like I'm, I, I feel like the time that we have to spend together has to be, you know, there can't be any awkward pauses or else that symbolizes that we are, I don't know, incompatible or whatever. Um, or it has to be 
it has to feel so intuitive and, and flow or whatever or else they will think I'm weird or whatnot. But like we all take time. We all need time to iron out the edges, to explore where we overlap in compatibilities, where we overlap in conversations. Like it's going to be crunchy until it's smooth, friends, mm -hmm. is what I will say. Um, and I also For want sure. to say um, that mm, this is a bad piece of advice in that it only goes so far. Um, and Sam and I have essentially said it already, just that you need to put yourself out there um, in order to risk disappointment, to risk connection, right? Yep, for sure. You need to you need to ask to be invited. You need to invite people over. You need to ask if you can sit at a table or whatever the social situation it is. And I know that's terrifying and I know it's disappointing that those two things that are, are being risked at the same time. Um, and you have to remember that those people have just as an emotionally rich, diverse and complicated life as you do, that they mm. might, you know, I'm, I'm making up scenarios, but you ask them to hang out and they say no. And then you find out that they were hanging out with other people. It's not immediately because they didn't want to hang out with you or they don't like you. Maybe sure. one of them, one of them is grieving something like a relationship or an, a pet. And they wanted to be able to talk about it in like a safe place with people they know really well. Or mm. maybe somebody has like an awkward response to a joke that you tell and you go home and you think about like, oh man, I'm so dumb. I'm not a good friend. I don't, I can't have a good conversation. Well, maybe they're at home thinking like, oh God, I didn't get that joke. And I, and I made an awkward response to it. And like, man, I'm so uncomfortable in social situations. Like, Ugh. um, Willow always, Willow always tells me that our friends are surprised when she <laughs> tells them that like our I am not socially co as confident as they might think that I am that I like go home and often like overthink about the conversations mm -hmm. we had, or if I talk too much or if I talk too loud or whatever. And she's obviously saying this in confidence with close people about like, Oh, why didn't Sierra come? Well, she wasn't really feeling like socializing or she was having an anxious day or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just a reminder that the most extroverted people out there probably are second guessing every fucking decision they've ever made. Um, <laughs> And that every, every I learned this from Sam that everyone is as emotionally rich and complex as you are, and they have a thousand reasons that are leading leading to some X Y Z. Does that negate the validity of your feelings? Absolutely not. Making new friends is hard. It's vulnerable, and it's isolating and lonely. It makes us feel like we are alone. It makes us feel like we can't ask other people for our support or that there's something wrong with this, but that is absolutely not true. Even if your feelings are valid. Yep. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, and I also think that like this idea that, you know, I'm no one's first choice either is, is so understandable and so relatable, right? Because we all kind of like want a best friend who's going to be like mm -hmm. the best person that we like always are spending time with. And 100%. I also think that like, as I've grown older, one of the things that I've realized is that like, I might not be anyone's 
first choice for friend. And that doesn't mean that I don't have deep and meaningful friendships with people, right? That doesn't. And I think a lot of the time where I was having a lot of consternation with my relationships with people was that I was striving so much to be the best or to be the first choice with people. And I discredited any relationship in which I wasn't right. Mm, I was like, that's not a friendship worth spending time in because I don't know, they have a bunch of other friends or like we, you know, they're not the first person I would call if I was in a crisis. And actually those like not even secondary friendships, I don't want to call them that, but like those sort of like, I would say like more sort of interwoven friendships Mm -hmm. are actually ones that need time and attention and care and do reap a number of different beautiful rewards for me, Mm -hmm. even though they're not like, oh, this is my best friend. And they like, they're the person, they're my emergency contact or like my mom Mm -hmm. has their phone number in her phone, right? Like all of that kind of stuff is something that I think a lot of us are striving for, but there is a lot of beauty and, and mutuality in friendships with people in which we are continuing to choose to be friends, even though we're not like monogamous friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm thinking about yes. like demonogamizing yep. things in, in sort of the friendship context as well, which is that like, we really say that like best friendships are like only friendships are, are like the best or the most important or the most authentic. But I think that there's so many different ways in which we can have friendships with people that may not be like, oh, they choose me first. Like what if your social calendar was filled with five different people over the course of a few weeks that you got coffee with or that you had drinks with or that you did some studying with and how beautiful and rich it would be to have those people in your life. And and are you discrediting that because they're not your best or your only sort of number one friendship or, or the person who would choose you first over all of the yeah. other potential friends that they have? That makes so much sense to me. And it also makes me think about something that I'm trying to practice in my life right now, which is like, For a long time, I thought friendships had to be like blood brothers. We are so tight. We are each other's families. I think I had to settle into the idea that not only are all relationships, like all relationships ebb and flow and come in and out of our lives for every reason, for all different reasons, but there are different levels of friendship. There are people that you meet every week, every, every six weeks for coffee. Mm -hmm. And then there's a person that you talk to on the phone every six months And then there are people that you see a lot, but you don't get that emotional intimacy from, but you get companionship because you, 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 you're seeing another body, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to settle into that because as like an emotionally very vulnerable and like somebody who, who requires vulnerability to, to feel close to people, I didn't feel fulfilled by so many of our, my friendships because I wasn't having like the, the, the heavy, you know, conversations that you and I were having over happy hour about like what the fuck we were doing with our lives and like, why, what is attachment? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Just kidding. I didn't know what that was until we started the podcast, but um, (laughs) you know, I wanted that emotional vulnerability that I was overlooking other friendships that felt differently um, because of whatever reason. For sure. Anyway, this is all to say, Like I started with, making friends is hard. It's not as organic as we think, but there are ways we can, you know, 
bend to what the world is offering us or slash and put ourselves out there just a little bit more um, to see what is within our reach. Um, That doesn't mean any of your feelings are invalid, but your feelings aren't necessarily telling you the truth. Um, It's not that you are unworthy of friendships. It's that friendships are hard. It's not Mm -hmm. that you are destined to be alone and to only rely on your partner. It's that it's okay to feel lonely. You know, it's, that is your, that is your humanity saying, I need a witness. I need a friend. Um, That is, that is what connects us despite capitalism and all of the other forces that try to keep us separate. um, uh, We are, we are meant to need each other. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you wrote us. I'm so glad that you trusted us. um, And I hope that things feel a little bit more connected in the coming months. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for, for writing to us, for trusting us with this question. We love you. I love you. All right, my darling. It is Friday. Friday. <laughs> I don't know why I yelled that, but <laughs> it is Friday. Um, and that means we're going to do a blind date every week. At the end of the week, we shout out something that we love that we want to set you up with. And this week we are sending you home with. I'm finally um, biting the bullet and I'm going to (laughs) endorse Jessica Simpson's memoir, Open Book. (laughs) (laughs) Three years later or whatever. I literally read this book probably two years ago and have been sitting on it ever since for a lot of different reasons. One of which is because she's a billionaire and I just don't Mm -hmm. like billionaires as a category. Um, And, you know, I think that there is a lot in it about sort of running a business. And I don't know that her business practices are, are super great, but beyond that, <laughs> the book itself is incredible. Um, you know, as somebody who grew up and was a cultural consumer of pop culture in a significant way at sort of the height of Jessica Simpson's fame, uh, it was interesting to hear her story about how the ways in which people talked about, uh, looked at her, impacted her as a person. And, Mm. uh, the book starts with her sort of disclosing how she knew that she was an alcoholic and sort of the rock bottom that she experienced in that. And then also talks about the amount of therapy recovery that she's been in through that process. And what I think is really wonderful about the book is that it is clearly written by somebody who has a lot of empathy for herself and a lot of empathy for the people around her who were mistreating her in pretty mm-hmm. meaningful ways. And so when she talks about the ways in which the press and the ways in which you know consumers of that press were really viewing her, her body, her music, the pain that she was going through and, and sort of contributing to that pain, she really just invites the reader into a different understanding of what, of what was driving that sort of narrative within themselves. It's like, it's so beautiful the way that she is able to look back at all of this pain that she has been through and hold it with such grace and such compassion. It's like, I, I was so moved by so much of this book. I cried multiple times in it Mm -hmm. and it also really made me hate John Mayer. So you have that to look for as well. (laughs) Uh, So if you're into celebrity memoirs, I would encourage you to do the audio book of it too. She reads it and she's a great narrator. Like her speaking voice is beautiful. She also like tears up during the reading of it, which was just so moving to hear. Um, I would say that like, 
from somebody who didn't really spend a lot of time thinking about Jessica Simpson after having read this book, I have an immense amount of respect for her personal journey. Again, her business, not as much respect for, but that's fine. Anyway, check it out. Listen to the audiobook. It's really good. I've been talking about this book for years, but not on the podcast because I like, <laughs> like trying to be really careful about it. But everyone in my life knows that I read this book and loved it and yep. would encourage other people to read it. All right. So it is uh, Open Book. It is by Jessica Simpson. And you can find it wherever you get your books or your audiobooks. Yeah, I feel like we just collectively owe all of the pop, the, the, the pop stars. 100%. Absolutely. Uh, just a general apology. Let's, I mean, like, like and let's like, 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 like them, right? Like Jessica yeah, Simpson, Brittany, Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just like, um, I am so the Disney, sorry. The Disney stars. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, all of those were sorry. We, we fucked up. Yeah, we all no, did. absolutely. And we're continuing to fuck up. So sorry to yeah. also all of the other people who are now yeah. like in the Celebrity spotlight. Culture, man. All right. It's anyway, rough. it's rough. Cool. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you are interested in more content from us, you can always support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcasts and his music. And remember, y'all, people need other people. And wanting this, wanting to be seen, wanting connection, wanting to be helped or supported doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you silly. It doesn't make you unlovable to be struggling with these things. It makes you incredibly human. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>